Thank you for listening to 103.5 FM WLSP LP Sun Prairie. And now it's time for five. Hello and welcome to It's Time for Five. Thank you for joining us right here on 103.5 FM. We are underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. And once again, we have another week of October with no Logan. And since this is the weekend or the week leading up to Halloween, I brought on a special guest, a man who joined me this time last year. He is my my go-to partner in crime when it comes to talking about scary things. I am uh, proud to be joined by a friend, a fellow podcaster, Michael Masunas. Hello, sir. Who your boss is. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Before we get started, my man, why don't you let people know if they like uh, if they like what they hear today, where they can find more of you? Ooh, we're doing the plugs early? Oh, this is We new. do them early like and it. late. Let's, awesome. Yeah. Sweep the late podcast. Woohoo. Uh, yeah, man, that's... Uh, Obviously named after my favorite movie of all time. Going on 600 times now. I'm past the 500 uh, mark of watching the movie. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And for the 100th episode, yours truly and Jameson got to talk to Mr. Johnny Lawrence and Sente Crease. So if you like us talking, you should go check out the 100th episode of Sweep the Leg and listen to us talk to the two awesome dudes from the Karate Kid. That was good times. That was a good time. Uh, Yeah, that was super great time. So. Uh, and yeah, Sweet Delay Podcast, that's where you can find me. Uh, yeah, that's been going yeah. on for quite a while. And then I retired and then I came back. And now it's the chapter two, I like to call it. Because now I got my daughter on kind of like you, how you have Logan mm-hmm. on. Uh, now mm-hmm. I have my 15-year-old daughter on who loves the 80s movies and loves the 90s. So I'm definitely the, the most luckiest father in the world. As everybody tells me, man, you have the you're the luckiest dad I've ever seen because I can't get my kid to watch anything from the eighties. I'm like, that's all she watches, man. She knows quality. So pretty great. So we go back and we watch all that stuff and get a new perspective. And nine times out of ten, she agrees with everything that I do, which is pretty cool. We love the same music. And uh, it's definitely a music show as well. So but we keep it low key so you know we don't get in trouble. <laughs> So, right, <laughs> it's the uh, internet, no big ex- deal, right? So, the, the 50th episode of the music show is right around the corner, probably released by the time you hear this. It's the top 50 STL songs of all time, at least up until this point. I think I've done over 200 songs on the show, so narrowing, narrowing down to 20 is the most brutal list I've ever had to do in my entire life. And you and I, we have our list, and we've done that plenty of times on the mm-hmm. show. But this is the hardest list I've ever worked on. So, Well, that is another reason why I have you on, because this is, in its essence, a list show. And, uh, of course, if you are just tuning in for the first time, first off, shame on you. Uh, yeah. And secondly, uh, normally it is me and my 15-year-old son, Logan, who uh, we come, down, come up with different top five topics and uh, kind of see what separates and what bonds different generations. Uh, Mike and I are of a similar generation, so that kind of is different. Instead, it's just having fun seeing what we have. And uh, like I said, it is leading into Halloween. Last year I had you on. We talked about our favorite horror icons. Yep. What, are we, what are we talking about this week? 
Uh, well, this week is top five scariest movie moments. So we're doing a little twist. Uh, by the way, I appreciate the fact that I'm on here again for the second year. So this has to be like a annual thing. We do the the Halloween stuff together. That's good sure. times. Uh, but this time, uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool because I'm the horror guy. You're not. So Jameson mm-hmm. likes a horror movie. You know, it's good, <laughs> but, uh, I thought it'd be cool to maybe a particular horror, uh, horror element in a movie was not in a horror movie itself. Maybe it was from something you saw in your childhood and it just stayed with you or whatever. So, uh, the particular list that we're talking about is not necessarily, set 100% to horror movies. So that's kind of what's going to make this list very interesting. And the term I like to use in this list for me is longevity. Is how long did these scenes go with me through my life to either give me the chills, put my hair up, uh, or just plain freak me out or I, I have to close my eyes when I watch it. And that's how I got my top five was longevity. That was the word I used to create my list, and it made the list very easy to create by doing so. So I'm super pumped for this because I think you and I will have completely different answers, but we're going to totally cross wide areas of movies, which would be pretty cool. Right. And and the the big thing for me that I noticed uh, putting this list together is, oh, there's a few things. First off, I, like you said, I'm not a horror guy. And there's been very few times in my life that I've legitimately been scared watching a movie. Um, and the other thing is that um, sometimes it's scenes from movies that I don't even like. And sometimes like my favorite <laughs> horror movies, like I'm looking at, oh, a, big, a, a movie that's pretty scary but it's actually not on the list, uh, you know, and, and we'll see as we go through. Sometimes there's a scene from a movie that I'm like, the movie's kind of garbage, but this one moment was pretty great. Heck um, yeah. And so we'll we'll talk about that as we get going, but I'm going to let you lead us off with your number five scariest movie moment, sir. Okay, so uh, being the horror guy, and if you listen to our review or our topic from last year, Everybody knows that Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. So obviously I got to have something in there. But this is definitely five because, again, longevity. Uh, I'm picking a scene from my favorite horror movie of all time. Probably my number four movie of all time is uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. And the particular scene that has, uh, because I've seen it so many times, no longer has any sort of, you know, any sort of chills or whatever. I just, I love it just by looking at it now, but for many years it messed with me. And that's the scene when Lori goes up the stairs and she sees all the dead bodies and the closet scene where the light barely touches Michael Myers face. It's like a bluish color and he slowly creeps out, especially you need to see this in widescreen because back in the day they did a lot of pan scans. So you never really saw Michael Myers face, but the widescreen, he barely comes out and there's the sound and then just the way then the 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 light hits his complete face and then he goes for the attack. And then, of course, um, after that is the awesome chase. But that particular moment, the first time I saw it, I I I had the willies and I could not get that image out of my face. Uh, it also has, you know, I mean, Halloween has so many iconic scenes, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Myers across the street. In this, and you know, I know that's our friend Jason. His one of his favorite shots of, of all cinematography is Michael Myers across the street, the way the lights are hitting him. Uh, it looks awesome. 
But that particular shot, very simplistic, but it's 100% perfect. But it's number five because I've seen the movie so many times it doesn't do anything for me anymore. I just love and appreciate it, and that's why it's my number five. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, like you said, there's there's several of them in Halloween. And and my number five kind of echoes what you're saying about the first time I saw this. It really worked for me. Um, and then that kind of dissipated with every watching, and that's just obvious. Um, you know, it's you just you're gonna lose that sense of fear and dread. But it still works for me on a lot of levels because I appreciate what they were doing. And and um, I just I really dig this scene. And it's a great homage to a lot of other great moments. And that is my number five is the opening scene to the movie Scream. Ooh, um, the, the Drew Barrymore opening to Scream of a new franchise. When horror franchises kind of really run their course, we were on jason number nine and freddie was a joke at this point and i mean yep. we really were struggling that the 80s slashers horror movies had kind of really run their course and were just having a rough time in the mid 90s and scream comes along and rejuvenates it for better or for worse this genre uh, of teen horror movies um, in this opening scene of Drew Barrymore and the call is, the, you know, the phone call and the popping popcorn and how it's shot and the cutting back and forth to the Jiffy Pop. And she thinks it's just a prank call. And then soon it becomes really scary and to the point where, you know, she looks outside and sees that the killer is killer's nearby. And just everything about this scene and the shock value of no spoiler alert, this movie's old and it's the opening scene. <laughs> The shock value of the biggest name on the poster being killed in the first eight minutes of the movie yeah. really got me. Like, whoa, I have no idea what's going to happen in this movie now because I came to see Drew Barrymore in a slasher flick. It's true. I, I wish and this says something with my love of horror movies. I never saw this in the theater because I was horror movied out. So I didn't catch yeah. this until it had uh, at that point it was VHS. And uh, mm-hmm. boy, shock value, no kidding. Now, I think I've seen this scene more times than any scene in any of the Scream movies because I love it so much and it still gives me the willies. But there's a few things that I really appreciate in this scene uh, that's been called out. Uh, for example, the TV's blue, which would be when you put it in your VHS and you, and you mm-hmm. shut it off your screen. They purposely did that to let you know you don't know what's going to happen next, which was a pretty cool thing. Uh, this movie got an X rating due to the gutting of the boyfriend. Too much of that. And then the biggest scene of Drew Barrymore, uh, the big hole in her uh, in her stomach, they had to cut off four seconds of that in order to remove the X rating to get to R. But the scene is so fantastic. And, I mean, I could watch it over and over and over. And the callbacks it makes, I mean, even Wes Craven making fun of himself, how, yeah, the first one was great, but the rest suck. It's pretty awesome right. that he's doing meta there. Fantastic. Um, and the fact that they show love to Halloween, of course is great but this scene is fantastic i mean if this was your number one i could not argue one bit this this is oh, probably number one wait. for a lot of people <laughs> absolutely uh we'll just wait we'll see what number one is though um let's uh, let's uh take a quick pause for the cause play a song and uh let's see the first one i'm gonna lead us off with is uh oh it's a classic it is from rockwell I'm going to take us out of here with Somebody's Watching Me. You're hearing that right here on 103.5 The Sun. Who's watching me?
All right, that, of course, was Rockwell with Somebody's Watching Me, uh, a great song from the 80s, Paranoid Rockwell. Uh, so we are talking about our top five favorite scariest movie moments, and we are at our number four selections. So, Mr. Masunas, I'm going to let you go ahead. What's your number four? Okay, so number four. Uh, this is a scene that literally has given me nightmares for many years. Again, longevity. And this is a movie that creeps me out, and I think it's rated PG, if I remember correctly. The first movie has messed up many folks in the United States and across the world. However, part two is the movie that does it for me. That would be Poltergeist 2 and the old man, uh, the old the old reverend who was dying of can- or whatever he is, he's dying of cancer for real and comes across that way. But when he's in the rain singing, you know, in God's holy temple, and then they're trying to get Carol Ann in the house, and he goes up and he's talking to the dad, trying to get him to let him in, freaked me out. Those eyes, that face, the muse, the his, his, oh, everything about that scene is 100% creep level. And I've had nightmares with that scene running through my head for years. So Poltergeist 2 is the scariest of the series. Uh, screw number one. It's part two that, that gets all the scares for me. So. <laughs> those are both very good. Both very good. I, li- I like both of those. As yeah. long as you're not talking about the reboot, I'm good with it. Uh, I, I purposely won't watch the reboot, and part three doesn't count. That movie sucks. So. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so my number four is, uh, comes from the, uh, the king of horror. Uh, this, this year, we've had a couple of Stephen King movies. One, one terrible, one great. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Stephen King has had a lot of not so great movies made out of his books, but this one is one of my favorites. There's a great scene in it. The movie I'm talking about is Misery, and the iconic scene of Kathy Bates, Annie Wilkes, hobbling James Kahn's character as she is obsessed with him, the the pseudo Stephen King, the horror writer that she is. Uh, managed to get into her house and uh and just fawn over and obsess over and then at some point he realizes it's time to get out and there is that horrifying scene of her taking the sledgehammer to his feet so that he can't leave and break and just it's the way it's shot the way you're looking up at her and just the big swing comes and it it just it pains me every time I see it. Like it is, he's yeah. tied to the bed. There's no moving. This is going to happen whether you like it or not. That moment, that moment, I do not like. It makes me like ball up my fists cringing every time I see it. Can we talk about how many years it took for people to like her after this movie and me being one of them? <laughs> I don't think it, it wasn't until Titanic is when I started coming around to her because I hated her. She gut. was in Titanic? Yeah, she's the... Uh, She's the only rich uh, woman who's not a snob on the boat. Uh, she yeah. she's one of she's uh, she's on one of the boats that Kate Winslet's mom is on. But she's the one that helps Jack prepare at the dinner on how to do the forks and the spoons and the stuff. She's. I mean, you're telling me this, but I've never seen it. Oh, so I don't know. that's right. You're not a Titanic guy. So, anyways, yeah, I didn't like <laughs> her until Titanic. Um, so yeah, uh, this scene, I, I hear you 100. percent In fact. I think it's probably that's probably the only scene I really remember the most, even though it's been like 17 years since I've seen it, that yeah. I can I can see second for second what happens. There. Right. 
Yeah, great pick. It doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take another uh, another pause. Play some music for you. I have a song for you um, from the music from the group The Damned. The song is called These Hands. This song is just flat out weird. <laughs> uh, it is really kind of disturbing. Um, and so uh, uh, I hope I hope it might be the first time it's played on the stage. What's the last time? No. Uh, let's take a listen to The Damned with These Hands right here on Instagram. All right, welcome back to 103.5 The Sun. That was The Damned with These Hands. I apologize for any nightmares that might have caused, but uh, we move on. And now our audience leaves us. <laughs> right, I, that happens every week. There's a point where yeah. everyone just leaves. I play some music every week. There's at least one song I'm like, this is probably the first time it's ever been played on a radio station. There's probably a reason for that, but I have fun. So, um, so. <laughs> If you are just tuning in, uh, of course, I'm Jameson, and I am joined by my good friend, Mike Masunis. Uh, Logan is out for the week, and we are doing our Halloween episode talking about our favorite uh, scary movie moments, and we are at our number three selections right now, and that's where I leave you, sir. What do you have at number three? Okay, so since you were just talking about Stephen King, we're going to talk about my favorite Stephen King movie. And this is a movie that I don't think I really need to defend because there's a lot of people who love this movie. And um, there's one scene in particular that uh, still um, I purposely only watch this movie in the dark because I do realize if I watch in the daytime, it would take away from the movie because uh, the, the creature in the movie is best left in the dark. Mm -hmm. So um, it's my favorite werewolf movie of all time, uh, even though I know American Werewolf from London, everybody loves and stuff. But Silver Bullet for me is the king. It's it's number one. I mean, I love Corey Haim. That's my Corey. So 
Um, I love Gary Busey. This is before he went crazy. Uh, it's amazing. And my fifteen, <laughs> my fifteen-year-old daughter still to this day has not watched this movie one hundred percent with her eyes open, uh, which is <laughs> which is pretty awesome. That's good. Uh, and we watch tons of uh, werewolf movies, and uh, this is the only one. And uh, the scene that I'm referring to is the bridge scene. Uh, there's a scene where uh, they cancel Fourth of July fireworks because the you know werewolves killing people. It's a small town. They cancel Fourth of July, and you know what? Uh, Uncle Red Gary Busey gives Corey Haim, who's uh, paralyzed, and he has this awesome electric wheelchair. It's like you know what? Take some fireworks, go have some fun. So he sneaks out of the house and he goes to the park. And he goes on a bridge and he starts to light off some fireworks and the music kicks in and you get the amazing shot of the scary werewolf. And uh, it's awesome. But the scene that gets me is the moment that he starts to walk towards him and he has the rocket in his hand. And uh, spoiler alert, I mean, this is like 50 <laughs> years old. But uh, yeah, he, he lights the firecracker. And just right before the werewolf's about ready to grab him, the fire, uh, the, the rocket goes right in his eye. And then uh, he he takes off, and then he uses that to locate who the uh, werewolf actually is. And uh, it's actually an amazing twist when you find out who the actual werewolf is. Very cool. Uh, The thing I love about this book, it's called Cycle of the Werewolf, is actually supposed to be a calendar because it's a very short story, but Stephen King loved the the pictures so much he made a book out of it. And uh, it's my favorite Stephen King book, favorite Stephen King movie. I love it, and uh, it made me forever a fan of Corey Haim. After this, uh, I never, I, I, I loved him even in his trashy movies. But mm-hmm. uh, this is it. Uh, this is my final horror movie. Uh, spoiler alert on my list. But this scene, still to this day, I have to watch in the dark, and I don't get freaked out, but I get, uh, I get hair. My hair goes up every time the scene <laughs> starts. And, uh, Mike I, starts turning into a werewolf. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, this this movie is what made me love werewolves over vampires. And uh, there's thousands of vampire movies and very little werewolf movies. And unfortunately, there's not many good werewolf movies. So uh, I take the, the four best and uh, I hold on to those, which is Silver Bullets, Dog Soldiers, um, American Werewolf in London. And then uh, I've added Late Phases to that list oh. about a blind guy who uh, fights a werewolf and uh, it's on Netflix and it's very cool. Um, if you can get kind of past the werewolf, the way it looks, it's not the greatest, but the story and the music and it's very, it's very suspenseful edge of your seat. And uh, my oldest daughter couldn't sleep that night after she watched the movie. So that was pretty good. So I highly yes. recommend my- you check out late phases. My uh, my favorite werewolf movie still is uh, Teen Wolf Two. I think it's the best, <laughs> no. which I just no. covered on STL. Go check it out. <laughs> Such a crappy movie. All right, um, did did, uh, did our review do justice, sir? For uh, absolutely Teen? perfect. Very fair. Very fair. Um, so my number three scariest movie moment um, is one of the few times that I can remember being legitimately scared in a movie like legitimately like creeped out like uh running to my car in the parking lots uh, awesome not not being very there's only been a couple of times there's been a couple of moments like that i remember one it's not on my list um because there's not a moment in it but the movie relic and it's not even a good movie but for whatever reason the movie relic um <laughs> got me and 
when I went to see it in the theater, I uh, it was a packed lot. There was something else, a much better movie that was playing at the time. But so I had to park like all the way in the furthest end of the parking lot, which is huge, massive parking lot. And then when the movie got out, there was nobody. It was a late movie. It's like seven cars left in the parking lot. And I looked out and saw that my car was like a quarter mile away. Nice. And I was on a dead sprint <laughs> to my car. Like there's very few of those moments. This movie got me with that. And I think it got a lot of people. And of course, this is Blair Witch Project. Um, Blair Witch Project, a movie that um, I tried rewatching recently, uh, actually last year in preparation for the Blair Witch. And uh, the movie itself doesn't really hold up as well. I hate this anymore. movie with a passion. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, this movie, when, when this movie came out, I was living overseas uh, in Germany. And, you know, this was the, the early days of the Internet and, uh, and its usefulness uh, for promoting things. And, and uh, there wasn't really social media at the time when this came out. And I just remember seeing things about go to this website. This is an amazing thing that happened. They found this footage. I'd never seen a... You know, a found footage movie. This wasn't a, a hacky genre at this point. Exactly. Like it is now. And so I was hook, line, and sinker in this because as far as I knew in my limited knowledge through my use of dial-up internet uh, in Germany, I assumed that this was a legit found footage movie. And they did a great job. They, I'm not the only one that got hoodwinked by this. They did a great job of building this up. And so I remember seeing this movie and the moment that gets me is the very end. The final thing you see is when the, the girl goes downstairs, or we're in the witch's house, goes downstairs, and there's the weird thing of one of her friends, one of the three people is there, standing in the corner facing the wall oh, yeah. and just like, and not turn. And she's like yelling his name and he won't turn around. And he's just, he's facing the corner in this dark cellar. Um, and the witch is after her and you can't really tell what's going on. And I'm just going, why is he, why is he standing in the corner? Why is he standing in the corner? Like he's been punished. Who's making this guy stand in the corner. And then it cuts the camera falls to the ground. You assume everyone's dead. And that moment got me big time. Like it freaked me out. Like why would a big grown man like that be standing in the corner? Like he's punished. This witch is doing like, I'm freaked out by it because it's just not natural. And the whole aura around this movie had gotten me. And this was one of the few times in my life where I was like, can we just like all sleep with the lights on? Can I, you know, I was at, I went to a friend's house. I was like, can I just hang out here? Is that <laughs> cool? <awesome. laughs> um, yeah. So, so that final moment of the Blair Witch Project, uh, it worked for me. And then I was really disappointed when I found out that I'd been hoodwinked. Yeah. I, I kind of liked believing uh, it. That, you know, I, that scene you're talking about is really great. Uh, I, I actually thought for many years this movie was real. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't like it so much. I think it's because it was such a new thing and I, I, it wasn't what I was expecting. So it was really hard for me to deal with. And I think I need, I need to give it a legitimate rewatch. I've only seen it the one time, but I know exactly what you're talking about because that is embedded in my mind. Because um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just not a found footage type of person. But you know what, um, you know, I, I should be fair to the movie. Um, but if you say it doesn't really hold up, though, that kind of makes me not really <laughs> want to check it out either. I, part of it is that I just truly hate found footage movies yeah. now. Like I've seen so many terrible found footage movies over the years that I, I bring that bias into it. And it just, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is what started it. Great. Right. 
Thanks a lot. <laughs> I, didn't you like Haunted House? I mean, it was great. You... <laughs> the... Yeah, there's just we need to stop with these found footage movies. As far as yeah, I'm concerned. Haunted House with the Wayne brothers is probably is the yeah. second worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I didn't laugh once watching that movie. No, so nor should you. Terrible. Oh my gosh. Nor should you. All right, sir. Let's uh, let's take another musical break. Um, I have got a song, another really, really weird song uh, from a group Phantomas. Phantomas with lead singer Mike Patton, um, dude, I really, really love. Uh, and this song is called Rosemary's Baby. There's a creepy movie for you. Uh, so the song is Rosemary's Baby. You're hearing that right here on 1035 The Sun.
Welcome back to It's Time for Five. That was Fantomas with Rosemary's Baby. It's a that is a eerie song if I've ever heard one. We're talking about our top five uh, scariest movie moments, and uh, we're at our number two. I hope you have a good one for me, sir. Uh, where do you find these songs, dude? What the, do you have like a tape recorder where you're like, you know, let's pick, let's pick. Uh, no, you got a tape deck, right? And you go to side right. two, and you're like, let's pick track eight because nobody's heard this song, and that's how you decide to play the tunes. That, that's, that's how I do it. That's the secret, right? Okay, absolutely. Just, just check it. Okay, so no, <laughs> number two, this is a movie that I've sworn by for years and years and years that it's a horror movie, and I don't care what anybody says. Uh, this is again longevity. This has this movie has stayed with me very, 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 very long. Um, not as long as number berries. one. Yeah, not as long as number one. But uh, for me, uh, the original, which you actually just watched, I think last night. Uh, the sequel, however, is a legitimate horror movie, and that's Return to Oz. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. The sequel to The Wizard of Oz is a horror movie. It is scary as hell, and mm-hmm. it is super creepy. And the scene that still haunts me is when little Dorothy is got to get the key off the head, the, the heads of uh, of the evil girl, while they try to put together uh, this. Uh, God, man, the, the scene is crazy, right? She's got to get this what magic? No, she's got to get the dust off of the head, so that way she could make this thing come alive. And then the head wakes up, but the body can't find the head. And then it finally puts it in the the body, gets the right head, puts the head on. The, she goes up the stairs and just in a nick of time, the thing they created comes to life and they go out the door. But you got the Wheeler men. I mean, this movie is super creepy. The music, I mean, you got the girl from the craft in it. Uh, I, I, this is legitimately a horror movie. I don't even know why it's in the kids movies. It should be removed. I still do this to this day. I, I, I do a big banner that says, do not watch this movie. It is a horror movie. So, yeah, that that scene is the one that got me at that moment in time. That was the scene where I said, this is a horror movie. I'm done. I shut it off and I didn't watch it <laughs> for like a couple more years. And then I finished it when I got older and I still said the same thing. But uh, the number one is the one that still still gets me. But this is it, man. This is longevity. This still bothers me, this movie. So I, I agree with you 100% that Return to Oz is a horror movie. And Feruza Balk is great yes, in it yes. uh, as, as Dorothy. And it is a, it is a creepy movie. Very it is a very, in, in, a, in a universe, the Oz universe is a, a, cre- a creepy universe as well. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one, yeah. though. I like that one. I hadn't thought about cool, that. Cool, thanks. Sweet. So my number two isn't so much a horror movie. And when you're looking for longevity, I don't know if this has it because this movie just came out last year. Um, but it, it contains in it a scene that really because of its realness and because just of how it's portrayed, um, plays on one of my, probably my biggest fear. Um, and the movie is Nocturnal Animals. Came out last year starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon. Um, I haven't seen this. And there, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, there is a, a, a scene Early on, this is no spoiler, this is kind of sets up the movie. Um, there's a scene where where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Adams are and their kids are uh, driving down a backcountry road. Well, it's not Amy Adams, it's, it's a weird movie. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and his wife at the time, sorry. Um, and, their, and their daughter 
are driving down this West Texas back road in the middle of the night. And out of nowhere, these two, these two kind of redneck uh, roadsters come roaring by They're racing and uh, things happen between them out on this road. And next thing you know, um, there's some smashing back and forth between Jake Gyllenhaal, just family man trying to get somewhere with his family and these scary rednecks in a, in a roadster where they end up taking him off the road. He blows his tire out. um, And this, the, the, the scene that gets me is there's a moment where you, you know, and Gyllenhaal knows that his wife and daughter are about to be taken. And as a father, he, there's nothing he can do about it. Mm. Um, That these guys are, are just, they, uh, there's three of them. They're going to, they're physically controlling the situation and really the best he can hope for is to get out of this alive and that his family is probably going to get taken in front of his eyes. And it is a terrifying scene to me. And the movie plays off of that then and everything surrounding that fear in that situation. And it gets me and that the movie works terrifically for me because of that, because as a dad, that's a fear that just absolutely terrifies me. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, and it's played up so real. It's Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, is the kind of the head redneck who, who is in this situation. And yeah, I, I, I don't feel comfortable watching it. It gives me, uh, some real fears at night, some real anxiety watching this scene. So wow. that's, uh, yeah, that's my number two. Wow. That's a, that's a great pick. You see, I don't know if you've, uh, mentioned your deepest, darkest fear, which is birds. <laughs> I don't know if right. I don't know if you've you know talked about this, but you know for me since this is Christmas time, uh, it's 31 days of horror movies, and uh, we just introduced my daughter to The Conjuring, which you and I just talked mm-hmm. about, which is a plus movie. So go check it out. But there's a scene of uh, birds flying in the house, and and, and yeah, Fonda's yeah. like, oh boy. I bet Jameson was closing his eyes on this scene. <laughs> Better believe <laughs> it that. It's great. And then, uh, you know what? The Conjuring and 2, I don't know which is scarier because they both had their moments. But that that pre, the the priest, the, the nun, the nun and mm-hmm. 2, that face, man, has stayed with me for days. So I think that 10 years from now, if we do this list, this will be that'll be my number one. will be The Conjuring 1 and 2. I'll just put them back to back. I don't care, but uh, the Conjuring man—that is some—that's amazing horror movies because we don't get that today. You know, we get either stupid remakes or no original thinking. But the Conjuring, James Wan is my new favorite horror guy. Anything he does is gold, and I can't wait to see what he does with Aquaman. He's going to turn that into a superhero horror movie, which is going to be awesome. <laughs> so, Absolutely, I'm super pumped. Those are good flicks. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take our, our final musical break, sir. Um, and I'm going to go with the man who is not only a great uh, singer, songwriter, but also one of your all-time favorite directors. Uh, I am going with Rob Zombie oh. uh, with his song from one of my favorite horror movies ever. Doesn't make the list because there's not a moment in there that gets me, but uh, one of my favorite horror movies, his song called Devil's Rejects. You're hearing that right here on It's Time for Fun.
Right, that was Rob Zombie with Devil's Rejects. Mike loves some Rob Zombie. I know. If we don't have time to get into it. Mike loves Rob Zombie. <laughs> no, I, All right. No, I don't. So bef- before we get into our number one selection, sir, we always have honorable mentions. Okay. So we have we have a moment or two. Do you have some honorable mentions for us? Uh, the I absolutely love the scene. Uh, Freddy's introduction, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, down the alley. Once the garbage can lid hits. That music hits and he walks down. Uh, he's like, this is God. That whole scene going after Tina. That scene is fantastic. One of the greatest horror scenes ever. Uh, it only messed with me for a few years. And then now I'm just, I can't wait for that scene because I love it so much. It's fantastic. Um, 13 Ghosts, the whole movie is fantastic. But uh, I think the scene that just gets me is uh, uh, our boy from Scream, Matthew Lillard. Uh, he he has the power to see uh, feel ghosts anyways, and when he gets uh, spoiler alert, he gets killed. That scene is real hard for me to watch, uh, but the whole movie is just great. Uh, Child's Play, I love uh, the scene of uh, when Chucky comes to life for the first time. 
that is creepy the way the music hits yeah. uh and he turns his head around and then he just you know he he goes alive and starts beating her to pee, uh, just beat her up um real creepy that scene was really hard for me to get over for many many years uh so that stayed with me and then uh the conjuring pretty much uh i would say part two is the one that's where the old man under the water, his face comes up that my wife jumped about four feet in the air. Uh, and my, my daughter and her best friend screamed at the top of their lungs. And, and I do not jump, but that scene made me jump. And I, any movie that can make me jump, you are officially in my list of awesomeness. So since, you know, I mean, I, I'm so immune and so, you know, uh, callous the horror movies if i can get a legitimate scare lights out being one of those movies uh which mm-hmm. lights out pg-13 whoever would have thought we could get an amazing horror movie with pg-13 uh lights out is the best horror movie in years i love it it's fantastic go check it out that movie freaked me out for days so love it nice nice um I'm going to give you my honorable mentions uh, and we'll get into our number ones. Uh, so for me, the movie seven, there's a moment with uh, when they come ac- across the victim of sloth, where he's tied to the bed and the, uh, the cop leans down to him and he says, you've got what you deserved. And the body sits like starts coughing and comes to life. Yep. That gets me like this thing is definitely a dead body. And all of a sudden he starts coughing and comes to life. Like, okay, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> there's, there's also one of my one of my six favorite movies of all time, Zodiac. There's a great moment in there again with Jake Gyllenhaal where he is trying to track down the Zodiac killer and he thinks he knows what's going on and he goes to a house to present it to a guy and is kind of forced to follow him down into the basement and this dawning on him that maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm standing in a basement with the Zodiac killer um, and there's this sense of dread and I'm like, just get out of the house. Just get out of the house, man. <laughs> like that really gets me. Um, Great movie. The Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, basically everything in the movie, the dark crystal uh, creeps me out. I hate that movie. And it's, it has always kind of scared me since I was a kid. Um, no specific scene. The, the most scared I've ever been watching a movie has been watching this next one. Silent night, deadly night. The first one, um, when it came out on VHS, I was eight or nine years old. Myself and my cousin uh, were being babysat by older cousins who were like 15. And they decided to rent this movie and show it to eight or nine year old kids. Uh, and we watched it in the basement. Wow. And then and it, it is uh, Santa Claus uh, as a homicidal killer. Yep. And uh, and then uh, when the movie was over, they said, OK, you guys sleep in the basement. We're going to go upstairs. <laughs> Um, and it was a no-go. And then our other option was after we screamed enough that, okay, fine. You don't sleep in the basement. You can sleep in the attic though. Um, so that I remember, I remember being terrified. And the moment that got me and hung with me for a long time afterwards was where Santa Claus takes a naked lady and, and sticks her onto the antlers of a mounted deer head, uh, in like this lodge that they're in. She takes his, he hits her with an ax and then picks her up and like slams her onto these antlers and she just hangs there dead. Wow. That terrified me. Nine-year-old kid <laughs> at best. Oh, man. That that moment got me. And then finally, really any moment in a movie where I am having to uh, deal with someone being buried alive. The movie The Vanishing. Uh, any of these movies where someone is about to be buried alive, that is 
among my greatest fears as well. And that gets me feeling claustrophobic immediately. So yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. Buried Ryan Reynolds. Oof. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So those are album mentions. What is your number one selection, sir? Uh, well, this, uh, this was the easiest one. This came to me right away because, uh, it's still, I'm, I think I'm what I'm 38. I was born in 79. So how old am I? I can't. Yeah, you're 38. I'm 38. I, okay. <laughs> Wow. I can't. I can't. I don't even keep track anymore. I'm just like, hey, it's another birthday. Um, seeing this as a kid, um, for years, when this particular scene came up, I would leave the room, and I would watch it behind a wall with one eye, and a blanket over my head, and I would not come in the room until the scene was over. But I love the movie so much, and I it just, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a flawless movie i love every second of it but the scene itself scares me to living pieces and uh it, it won't unfortunately you don't have the nostalgia with this movie because you just watched it recently so for me the never-ending story is uh my favorite adventure movie but this the scene with the morgue um where mm-hmm. uh atreyu confronts him and that music hits and his I mean, if, if anything is the greatest looking werewolf of all time, it would be that guy right there. That it's so scary. And I actually came in contact with that on my honeymoon at a, at a wax museum. Scared me so bad I would not go back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have such nightmares from that thing. But it took me many, many years to be able to watch that scene of Atreyu just talking to him and, and without being in another room. And I think it wasn't until my late teens where I could actually sit down and watch the movie. I love every second of that movie, but every time he's on the screen, it's still, even to this day, even though I expect it, I still get chills whenever the music hits and I see his face. Now I'm like, you know, especially at the end, come for me more. I am a Treyu. That scene, I mean, I like yell that out because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like a Treyu in that scene. Like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Screw you. Let's get on with this and I'm going to take you out. But that thing has haunted my dreams for more than Freddy Krueger ever did, more than Michael Myers, more than Jason, more than Chucky, more than anything ever in film. The morgue is the biggest thing that has haunted my nightmares for 30 plus years. And uh, yeah, The NeverEnding Story is a fantastic kid movie. But if you've seen it as a kid, it would have scarred you for life. And that's why I made the meme that says, you know, screw Freddy. You know, it says Mord. Uh, screw Freddy. This guy's been terrorizing your nightmares since 1988 or something like that. That's pretty so, good. Yeah, that's my number one, man. Nice. I like it. Um, so my number one, is, at the beginning, I was talking about movies that I don't necessarily like. My number one comes from a movie that I'm not a fan of, and I've <laughs> gone uh, on record many times in many forums saying that uh, this movie is horrendously overrated. Um, uh, and the movie is The Shining, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining off the Stephen uh, King novel. Um, I, I think this movie is garbage. No, I, I don't think it's garbage. I think there's moments in the movie, but it's it's always lauded as being like a masterpiece, and I think it's horribly flawed. Right, but the. <laughs> There is some great moments because Stu- Kubrick was a great, uh, he had a great eye. And so the, mo- the, the moment in the movie where young Danny is riding on his little big wheel and he's going through the maze of the hotel and he's riding along and it's this, the way it's shot, 
you it, it becomes maze-like and the way the carpet is the design of it like it becomes really entrancing almost and he comes around the corner and lo and behold there are these creepy ass twin girls <laughs> standing there uh for no reason and, and just standing there being super creepy like in their matching dresses and wanting him to come play with us and um Everything about that scene really works for me. And there's other moments in this movie that get me. There's a lady, uh, the lady in a bathtub that creeps me out in this movie. But that moment and just the way it's perfectly shot, it's like the best of Kubrick and the best of this movie is he turns that corner and there they are. And then you also have the elevator of blood that opens up, you know, but um, those those creepy twin girls, they I do not like them. I do not like them at all. So, so what you're saying is Kubrick is the Zack Snyder of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, very much. That's why I have gone so on board with uh, my uh, my bashing of Stanley Kubrick. It's it's not too hard to find me bashing a, a, a much-loved director. <laughs> all I hear is bashing of him more than I hear uh, love. I would bash Rob Zombie until my face is blue, but that's another podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, this scene was in Twister, I mean, at the drive-in, and luckily the, the Twister rips yeah. apart the girls uh, in, in that scene, so <laughs> right. that right. maybe that was exactly. the filmmaker giving a middle finger to that scene, I don't know, you know, maybe it was like, like hey, it. this scene is bothering me, I'm gonna have a Twister tear up these girls so they no longer have any effect on me, you know, who knows? I like that, I like, yeah. I like, I like what you're yeah. thinking. All right, so, so that's our list, that's, that's everything, that's our top favorite scariest movie moments uh i would love to hear more from you the listener of course we if you want to uh get a hold of us let me know what your favorite scary movie moments are i'll read them on our next episode you can always email into the show it's time for five at gmail.com spell it all out it's time for five at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook it's time for five. You can find us on Twitter at it's time for five. That's the number five. Of course, if you want to take us with you on the go, anywhere you're going, maybe you had to jump out of the car. Maybe you had to go somewhere. You wanted to continue to listen here with that. Mike Masunas guy had as his number one. <laughs> download the, uh, download the app. Of course, it's too late now. It's the end of the show. You'd already know, but download the one Oh three, five, the sun app for Apple and Android devices. You can take us with you anywhere you go. You can listen to this. You can listen to real reviews. All of the great shows I'm talking about. Um, That's because you're on Mr. Masunas, I want to, th- of course, <laughs> I want to thank you for joining me again. I look forward to, at worst, next October, you'll be back on. That's a guarantee. A guarantee. And if you want to hear any of this, I would just say go to iTunes, subscribe to Sweep the Leg podcast, and uh, and look at look at some of these episodes. There's so many episodes. There's movies there that uh, I'm sure you love or movies maybe that you haven't seen. Uh, go on there, subscribe to that, listen to it, and uh, find more from Mr. Masunas. Yeah, and hear me rip on uh, Cult of Chucky in the next episode uh, with my daughter. So here we go. Boom. There you go. All right. Spoiler alert. Uh, I want to thank you again for joining us, and I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to us. Next week, it may or may not be Logan. I guess we'll find out. Tune in to find out. There's a tease. Uh, But until that time, I'm Jameson. That's Mike reminding you... It's time for five.